Non-Monogamy Help is a podcast where your questions about open, non-monogamous or polyamorous relationships are answered. Our host, Lola Phoenix, will consult a licensed therapist with over a decade of experience to address your problems. Names and locations have been changed or censored to keep your questions anonymous. You're listening to Non-Monogamy Help, the podcast. to episode 73 of the Non-Monogamy Help podcast and happy new year. I'm Lola Phoenix. Please send your questions to nonmonogamyhelp at gmail.com and they'll either be read in the podcast or the column anonymously. If you want to read the columns and listen to the podcast, you can go to nonmonogamyhelp.com. Subscribe to our newsletter by going to go.nonmonogamyhelp.com forward slash email and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at nonmonogamyhelp. If you want to support the columns and the podcast, please consider becoming a patron, especially this year. There's going to be some interesting and very exciting things this year, and patrons will get to hear it a little bit before everyone else. So yeah, it's a good year to become a patron. Even $1 a month helps support the daily running of the columns and podcasts, and it shows a general vote of support. You can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash Lola Phoenix, and you can even do so a year in advance, so you don't even have to worry about it. If you donate $5 or more a month, your name with your permission will be read at the end of the podcast. Let's get to this week's discussion question. If this is the first time you're hearing this every week before I read the letter, I put forth a discussion question that you can use with your friends, partners, metamors, or anyone else to get to know them a little bit more. I also answer it myself briefly to give you a little bit of context. This week's discussion question is, what meaning do you attach to sex, if any, and why? This is an interesting question for me personally because I probably would consider myself to be a little bit more on the A spectrum. I'm not necessarily fully completely uninterested in sex, but I don't tend to find people sexually attractive just seeing them. Like I tend to need a little bit more context for it. I think it's really important for people because um, there is a word for this. Technically, it's called demisexual. And usually when I talk to people about being demisexual, the first thing that people often say is, well, that's how everyone is. There's a little bit of a difference between being willing to sleep with someone and being sexually attracted to somebody. A lot of people can be sexually attracted to people without having any context, without knowing them, without having any kind of relation with them or any kind of emotional intimacy or anything like that but they aren't necessarily willing to sleep with them right off the bat. That's the difference. It's not that I am attracted to people and I'm just not willing or not wanting to sleep with them. It's that I don't have any attraction to them. And I say that, you know, I I don't know. I don't fully feel demisexual sometimes. I feel like there's like a spectrum between asexual and what's called allosexual or, you know, pretty normative sexuality. And I kind of feel like I go back and forth sometimes. It just depends on the situation, the person. And I also feel like given my background, like, you know, what counts as an emotional attachment to somebody is really sometimes very simple for me, whereas other people it's more complicated and that's just because of my background. So yeah, for as far as meaning, I don't necessarily know is that I, you know, attach a huge amount of meaning. I think it's important. I think it's an important part of intimacy for me. And it's not something that I feel like I would want, like, it's not something I feel like I would want to leave out of a romantic relationship, but it isn't necessarily something that, yeah, I I could do, like, I, I don't think I could really do a one night stand, that kind of a thing. It's just not my 
my thing. It's no judgment on anyone who can, but that's kind of how I feel about it. And I don't really know fully why. I think part of it might be my hormones. Um, I do have a hormonal related disorder um, for anyone who's kind of new to the podcast. I don't really think I've talked very much about it, but I don't produce estrogen or testosterone. So that does probably have an impact. I do take replacements, but I've always felt a little bit different to most people because of that. So that could probably have a huge impact on it. And also my history of uh, surviving sexual assault and sexual abuse um, also have a big impact, I think, to how I process and deal with the meaning of sex in my life. So yeah, that is my answer. I don't think it was as brief as I could have made it. Apologies, but let me repeat the question again. What meaning do you attach to sex and if any and why? Let's get to this week's letter. I've been with my partner for two years now and I've always been a sexually open person, which they knew about from the beginning. For a while we lived together and I decided to respect their space and go monogamous for a year, still trying to make them understand I like an open relationship with physical meaningless things. We live separately now and I got them to let me explore some other people. Recently my partner started dating another person which I thought I'd be alright with, but it hurts like nothing I've felt before. We had a short chat about it and I suggested a little break to think about us without seeing each other. My question would be, where do we go from here? I know I'm an emotional monogamous open to sexual pleasure, but how could I tell them after I made them try new things to stop? Before we get to this week's answer, I'm going to quickly plug this episode's sponsor, BetterHelp. Quite often in a lot of my columns and podcasts, I encourage people to seek a polyamory-friendly therapist. And for a lot of people looking locally for a therapist who may be supportive of polyamory can be impossible or maybe even out of their budget. BetterHelp allows you to find therapists online that you can send messages to at any time of day, and they do offer some financial aid. You can get 10% off your first month by using the promo code NONMONOGAMYHELP at checkout or going to betterhelp.com forward slash NONMONOGAMYHELP. Let's get to this week's answer. So in short, how can you tell them after you made them try new things to stop? I mean, should you tell them to stop is the big question here. I think that your reaction is pretty normal, actually. A lot of people, even if they think they're totally quote-unquote prepared for non-monogamy, when the rubber meets the road or the fit hits the shan, however you want to say it, it is a lot more different when it's practice and not just theory. And it's very scary. Regardless of how open you think you are, you have lived in a society your whole life. I'm, I'm guessing, unless you've lived in a different type of culture, in which case I apologize, but most people who are listening to this, who tend to be among the people who write me, come from a society where monogamy is presented to them as the only option and the only valid option. And that is a lifetime of messages, a lifetime of I want, programming seems really daft to say, but it it's a lifetime of information that you've had to basically, you know, deal with your whole life. And along with that, a lot of monogamous people struggle, I feel, with realistic expectations of monogamy because of that message. A lot of monogamous people struggle with the idea that their partner could be attracted to somebody else and that that doesn't, that means something about how much they love them. Like, monogamous people struggle with this messaging. So, of course, you are going to struggle with that. That 
makes sense. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're an emotional monogamist. And I would really challenge yourself on that. It's not fair, really, for you to expect your partner to just dump somebody else. It's also not fair for that person that your partner is dating just because you're uncomfortable. So you can tell your partner to stop. You could make that demand. But if I were your partner or I were advising your partner, I would tell your partner to break up with you just because for someone to do that is really not cool and it doesn't, it, it, it's very selfish with all due respect. So, and I understand the feeling of wanting things to stop and, and even taking breaks and wanting to, to step away from all of the intense emotions. I get that, but you can't just completely dump someone and it's not really fair to do that to the other person just because you're uncomfortable I want to point out something that you said, though, in your letter. You said, I like an open relationship with physical meaningless things. There's two things about this. First of all, just because you're both interested in open relationships, maybe they it seems like they are, but you can both be into open relationships and still be very different in terms of how you want to practice them. Just because you're into that doesn't mean you're inherently compatible some people are interested in casual sex who are polyamorous. Some people are not interested in casual sex. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to be a relationship ending thing. I don't think you have to have the exact same outlook or, or belief system or needs with regards to sex just to date. But I do think you have to accept that your partner isn't going to have the same outlook on sex as you do. And I think that's even true in monogamous relationships. I mean, just because two people are monogamous doesn't mean that they have the same relationship to sex or the same, you know, value value sex in their life in the exact same ways. So it comes down to whether or not this is something you can accept. Maybe you feel like you want physical meaningless things Maybe your partner doesn't, and that's okay. I've been in, in that kind of a relationship where I was with someone who was interested in, in more casual things, and I'm not. But And it was challenging for me because I immediately assumed that all of their casual relationships were like the same as a more serious relationship to me. Another thing that I want to point out is that I feel like we get really loosey-goosey with the terms like casual sex and meaningless sex. I mean, it could be that when you say you're interested in physical meaningless things that let you at like go to a club, pick someone out, you know, go to a bathroom together and then never speak to them again. Even so, I would still say that has a meaning. It's not meaningless completely. You may not want to have a commitment involved in that. That doesn't make the act meaningless. I really want to get people away from assuming that being interested in casual sex means that the, the people that you have casual sex with like mean nothing. <laughs> I feel like that's a really harsh and horrible way to look at it. And I don't think that that's true. Just based off of my experience of having a partner who is interested in casual sex, I assumed that casual sex meant that you didn't care about the other person. But that's not really true. I mean, I don't doubt that there are people who have casual sex who are basically using another human person's body to masturbate. I don't, I'm pretty sure that does happen. However, that isn't the case for every single person who has casual sex. So I would challenge yourself a little bit on, is this actually meaningless? 
you may feel a little bit scared and attach meaning to the person that your partner is dating because you're scared and threatened by it. You may be attaching a meaning that isn't there. The only way you're going to figure out that is by really getting a better idea of what meaning means to you. And that's a little bit harder in non-monogamy. Whenever we're monogamous, we have the thing that's called the relationship escalator, which you might want to Google. And it's this idea that like, you know, this is how your life is supposed to be. You meet someone, you get attached, you begin a exclusive relationship. You maybe move in with each other. You maybe decide to marry, you have babies, you know, that whole sort of step-by-step signal that a relationship has meaning. And when you are non-monogamous and you don't have that relationship escalator, it is hard to understand what meaning means, especially since you live in a culture where exclusivity is the meaning. Exclusivity creates that meaning. So how do you create that meaning? And I think people make the mistake of assuming meaning and not really knowing how to make meaning themselves and feeling really lost about it. So I think that you might want to sit down with yourself a little bit and figure out why it is that you're interested in non-monogamy. What do you hope to get out of it? What is your ideal within that Um, Because I feel like you assuming, you're just assuming that you're an emotional monogamist, perhaps because of this experience. I mean, you may be, but what is it that you specifically want out of this? And then when you try non-monogamy again, you'll have a better idea of what you're looking for. Because like I said, just because you are non-monogamous doesn't mean everyone who is non-monogamous is going to be completely compatible with you. You may want a relationship that is more swinger-like, to be honest, that sounds more like swingers, where you have one marriage and one kind of emotional relationship, but you have sexual experiences with other people. I still wouldn't call that meaningless, but it is the primary relationship which is prioritized and sort of seen as more important. And that may be fine within the context of a swinger community, but for people who feel like they're more polyamorous, who want what's called kitchen table polyamory or something like that, where you want, not only do you want multiple deep romantic relationships, but you want those people to get along and you want to have a big kind of family, that may not be compatible with you, even if you feel you are non-monogamous. So figure out what you want from non-monogamy. In my Beginner 101 non-monogamous article, which you can find on nonmonogamyhelp.com, I talk about it in the terms of an anchor, and that is your personal reason for wanting non-monogamy. And when you have that better idea, you'll know what it is that you're trying to ask for from a partner. And you'll be able to navigate some of these anxieties a little bit more. Because if you find someone who, if you know like, okay, I want to be non-monogamous, but this is a specific thing that I want, then you can approach other partners and see if that's what they're actually interested in. And then you won't have such a major reaction to things. I think you'll still have fears. I think you'll still have anxieties and that's fine. I don't think you should set yourself up for failure by thinking that just because you're super into what you call physical meaningless things, it doesn't mean you won't have feelings. You're going to have feelings because you've, it's, un, it's unrealistic to expect yourself to live in a non-monogamous society and just absolutely have no emotions when your partner is with someone else. I think that that's, that's just not realistic for most people. So yeah, to recap, I don't think it's a good idea for you to force your partner to break up with somebody else. 
However, I do think that it's important for you to figure out what it is that you want and what and your partner as well is for you both to figure out what your ideal is and to see if you actually are compatible within that. I think you should question your assumptions that you are an emotional monogamist and that the things that you do are meaningless to you because I feel like that may not be completely true, but it's all about finding what non-monogamy actually means to you so that you have something to compare it to when it comes to meaning. I do think that you might want to look into swinger communities just because what you've already described, if this is exactly what you want, seems more akin to the swinger vibe necessarily than the polyamorous vibe. And yeah, in general, I just think that you need to give yourself a little bit of a break. You will have fears. You will be hurt and nervous and scared with your partner dating another person. I think even if you find someone who is interested in the same style of relationship, you will still be scared if your partner is doing something physical with somebody else that is supposed to be quote unquote meaningless. It's expected and understandable that you might feel scared. Some people don't and that's fine, but it's very, very understandable. So don't beat yourself up too badly for that. And lastly, I hope this helps and good luck. Thank you for listening to episode 73 of the Non-Monogamy Help podcast. And again, happy new year. I'm really, really excited about this year. There's going to be some big changes, which I can't say now, and also some really exciting things happening. It's a really good time to become a patron. I'm just telling you because I will do my best to make sure patrons hear about some exciting things. Some of them have already heard some exciting things that are coming in the new year. And yeah, I patrons will get access to discounts if I have them, um, first and foremost. So please make sure that you consider becoming a patron this year. If you're $1 a month, that's literally $12 for one year. Like, it's super cheap. Um, so yeah, if you want to be awesome, please consider it. Donating $5 or more means your name with your permission will be read at the end of the podcast. This week's current patrons are Laura Boylan, Chris Alvary jones Juke, Ellen Robertson, Nikki Jones, and James Wartell. If for whatever reason you can't become a patron because life happens, I get it. There's still the pandemic going on. Not everyone has a lot of things to go around right now, that's fine. Instead, if you can take five minutes, log into iTunes, find the podcast rate and review it. That would be very helpful. Up, um, higher ratings help me get the podcast out there to new people. And it's just a general vote of confidence that I really, really appreciate. So yeah, if you have five minutes to spare, please, if you don't want to do a review, a rating is just fine. And also let me know if you can tweet me or, or send me a message on Instagram or something letting me know. I don't fully get alerts that I get new reviews. I have to kind of go in and check it and then I have to go into each country to check it and it's a little tedious and I can't set up alerts for every single country. So please tell me if you've left me a rating or review. I'd really appreciate it. That's all for this week. You'll get a new column next Friday, another podcast episode in a fortnight. Thank you again for listening. Sorry for the delay on this episode. I really, really appreciate you all and have a great 2022. I think that it's going to be a fantastic year. All right. You've been listening to Non-Monogamy Help. Our music was done by Chris Albury Jones at albury-jones.com. Our podcast art is done by Dom Duong at D-O-M-D-U-O-N-G.com. Thank you for listening.